Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gordon Show. I am currently in week three, or I should say I, myself and my clients, are currently in week three of a six-week lead generation challenge right now within the Purpose and Profit Mastermind. So what that means is that basically every single week, I'm dropping a three to five-minute video with simple and very easy to implement tactics to get leads fast. They take action, they get leads, and the results so far have been insane. We've had tons of conversations started. And the reason I love conversation starters is because I'm a big believer that conversations equal conversions. So tons of conversations started, dozens of calls booked. It's just been a really fun way to get some momentum in these clients' businesses and get those inquiries dropping into their inboxes. The reason I love it so much is because you just never know what's going to work for your business until you try it. So you've got to be trying and experimenting with new tactics to see what lands. So If you follow me on social media, probably in the last couple of weeks, you would have seen that I've been really shaking things up with my content. I've been trying lots of different forms of content and a lot more volume to see what works. So we've been trying reels, carousel posts, trying hormozy style videos. We've been trying videos that are a little bit more playful. We've been trying adding lots of value. We've been trying content that's more based around mindset, contact that's very strategic. And all of that has been really helpful for me to be able to see what my audience loves, froths, and really wants more of, but also allows me to see what's attracting new eyeballs. Because yes, the name of the game on social media is, of course, I want to provide value for the people who are already following me. But of course, guys, if you're not growing, you're dying. So I want to be getting new eyeballs from non-followers. Which leads me to today's topic. I speak to entrepreneurs every single day that are frustrated, that are disappointed, and honestly desperate because their businesses just aren't growing. And I know how it feels because my businesses have grown stagnant in the past so many times before. And every single time my business has grown stagnant, I've had to do something to shake it up. And so today I wanted to run through the five reasons why your business isn't growing. And these are five really practical pieces of advice that have very tactical, strategic responses in there that you can implement straight away so that you can actually start shifting up this energy in your business and start getting that momentum again. So the first reason of the five reasons why your business isn't growing is that you're keeping yourself busy with the mundane and easy tasks instead of doing the scary thing that's actually going to grow your business. Too often I see business owners just getting caught up in the loop and in the day-to-day doing of their business. So mundane tasks look like answering your emails, getting on your Instagram and responding to comments or posts or your Instagram DMs, responding to team members, so getting caught up in your team chats. Creating content and, you know, just doing the basics of creating your marketing plan and then client work as well. So if you know that you're getting caught up in just doing the work in your business just to maintain it and just for it to survive at its base level, instead of doing some of the activities that could be growing it, and some of those activities look like sending out cold emails. And I'm not just saying like one or two or three or four cold emails. You'd probably need to send out a hundred to get a response that you actually want. You're going to get a lot of no's. Creating a lead magnet, so actually putting the time and effort into creating something of value so that you can generate more leads. Reaching out to an influencer that you've been wanting to work with. There's probably somebody that you've been dying to work with that you know totally needs your service, but you've been too scared to reach out to them. Changing up your pricing and your offer to create more conversion. I think sometimes we get so caught up in this is the way we do things, but if it's not working and if our business isn't growing, it could be an indication that it's time to change and shake things up in your pricing and in your value stack creation doing things like speaking about your offers on your stories. I so rarely see business owners just getting face-to-face and showing something real about themselves and about what they service and why they offer it. 
And then last but not least, going to networking events. So, you know, if you're not getting out there, if you're not meeting new people, you're not going to grow. So if you're finding that your business just doesn't feel like it's growing and you feel like you're doing everything, try some of those very, very basic tasks that are outside of your comfort zone that are going to feel stretchy, that are going to create fear in your body probably. Do one of those few things and I can guarantee you that you'll start getting some momentum. Number two reason why your business isn't growing is because you're not refining your service. If you're not fully booked with word of mouth, your service probably isn't good enough. And what I mean by that is, and that could be a very confronting statement for some people, and I I have to say it how it is. Your clients might be telling you that they love your service and that it's been really good, but if they're not actively sharing all of that work to their stories, they're not actively dropping your name into conversations or even opening up chats with you and a potential client, if they're not literally raving about you to every single person that they meet and they're not talking about you all the time and telling every single friend about you, then your service is probably good but not great. I think it's really easy to, you know, think about putting a service together and to do the work to a high standard. But if you want to level up and you want to create raving fans and you want to have a business that's in demand and where people are chasing you down instead of you chasing people down, you have to do above average work. So it's not just good enough to deliver the service the way you said you were going to deliver it. There needs to be an element of under-promising and over-delivering at the end of the day. And when I first started coaching, I had five people who joined my first group coaching program, mostly friends, a heap of people that I'd convinced on really extended payment plans. But those five people over the first 12 weeks that I worked with them raved about me every single week for 12 weeks, which meant that the next round, literally 14 weeks after the first round started, the next round, I had 20 people in because there was so much demand. You need to, like I said, under-promise and over-deliver. So a really good example of what under-promise and over-deliver looks like, the great Alex Hormozzi said this himself, and it was a really, really cool reframe for me. And it's in his $100 million office book, which I highly recommend you read. But he mentioned that back in the day, there used to be those commercials on TV where they used to try and sell steak knives. And they'd really sell this one steak knife. They'd be like, there's a steak knife. You know, this steak knife is $30. It's the best steak knife you'll ever use in your whole life. You know, it's the best steak knife of all time. But if you buy this one steak knife for $30, we'll throw in the entire set for an extra $17, right? And so then because the one steak knife is 30 and you get another five steak knives as a set for an extra $17, you'd be crazy not to take up that offer, right? It makes you want to buy it because it seems too good to be true. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about under-promise and over-deliver. It's like if you just sell the thing that you do, so if you build websites, you just sell the basic website build for whatever, a couple of grand, right? And then you add on all the additional services that would have been included in your package anyway. So SEO, you might include imagery, you might include copywriting, you might include some HTML stuff. Not my era genius guys, by the way, right? You might include some of those extra things, yeah, into that. And then it's like, okay, well, the base package is this, but I'll give you all of these things for free included in that base package as well, which usually cost this much per item. So, If you can start to value stack your offers like that, so they're like, oh my God, the base website is this and I'm going to get all this extra stuff for free on top of that, even though you would have given that anywhere within the package, it's all about the way you deliver it. It's all about the way that you package it up. It's all about the optics. They need to perceive extra value and that's what's going to make this a heck yes for them. So if they're not perceiving extra value, like if halfway through the service, you know, you're like, hey, tell you what, I really think that you could do with some SEO. I'm just going to add that in for free right? If you position it that way, they're going to feel like, oh my God, this person's gone above and beyond for me. 
you're not actually adding in anything extra or needing to add in anything extra, but you're just saying, hey, this person's gone above and beyond for me. I can't wait to work with them again. Everybody needs to know about them. It's that reciprocity. At the moment, what's happening in your business is that you're providing the service to somebody and they're paying you. And so they think that that's reciprocated enough. But when you provide the service and they pay you and then you go above and beyond in the delivery of that service, they're going to be like, oh my God, I need to go above and beyond because now I feel like what I've paid is nothing in comparison to what I've received. And so they're going to go above and beyond to brag about you, talk about you wherever they can. There are a lot of different ways that you can do that. The Formosi example was one. Another way that you can do this is you can just have lots of additional check-in points and touch points and gratitude add-ons. So, you know, when I was coaching those five people, I used to, if someone had a successful week or a successful launch or, you know, had reached their goal, I would send them a bunch of flowers. Obviously, now we have like 150 clients. It's not as easy for me to do that anymore. But But, you know, in the beginning when you're working, especially if you're in the stage of business where, you know, we're making, you know, 120, 130, $140,000 a month. So it's it's not really reasonable for us to service that many clients with that many add-ons. But if you have a really, really beautiful small business where it's like one-to-one or one-to-small group, you have the capacity to really make this something that's so special for your clients and really like add those little bits in. It's not something that you add in to your value stack when you're selling it. These are little extra surprises, okay? I see a lot of people and especially coaches doing this, like, oh, when you sign up, you get a free gift. Don't tell them they're going to get a free gift because then they know that they're paying for it. Just do it out of the kindness of your heart after they join. And that way they're going to be surprised and they're going to be wowed and they're going to rave about you. I really like looking at the five love languages for this, for my businesses. So the five love languages are touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, gifts, and quality time. Now, if you can touch on as many of those love languages throughout your customer journey, they're going to feel so loved on, so appreciated, so supported that they're naturally going to want to rave about you, recommend you, and give back to you in some way, okay? So if you're getting stuck and you're feeling like you're not growing, like I said, if you're not getting fully booked with word of mouth, your service is probably good, but it's not great. So we need to elevate it. And these are the ways that I'd recommend doing that. Number three could be that you don't know how to sell effectively. So maybe if you're getting a lot of barrier to entry because of price point, it might not actually be the price point. And in most cases, it's actually not the price point. It's because you're not displaying the value clearly enough. Now, I want to touch on this and say that selling is a skill and you need to be kind to yourself if you haven't nailed it yet, okay? So if you're like, oh my God, people are definitely saying I'm too expensive, I want to let you know you're not broken. It's probably not too expensive. It might be, but more often than not, it's not that it's too expensive. It's just that you haven't displayed the value. So selling requires a lot of kind of individual skills within the overarching skill of sales. So, you know, skills like listening, skills like empathy, you have to be able to repeat what they're saying back to them so they can hear you and hear themselves in your words. You need to be able to convey the value. And so all of these little pieces are pieces that you work on over time in your sales process. But if you're getting on a sales call with zero structure and you're making small talk and then launching straight into how you can help them, you're leaving money on the table. Selling is a psychological process and it requires structure to help people make a buying decision. Now, that buying decision may not be you and that's also okay, but in order to help them make a buying decision, you need to have a process that takes them along the journey of a buyer making a buying decision. If you need help with sales, please go to Steph Gorton underscore underscore on Instagram and DM me the word sales. I want to help you. This is 100% something that we are geniuses at in my world and something that we'd love to help you do 
too many people are great at generating leads and then all the leads fall over at the sale conversion time, which stops businesses from growing. So if that's you, please DM me at Steph Gordon underscore underscore on Instagram. Number four is you don't have a repeatable marketing strategy. It really gets to be simple and repeatable, but you need to spend time creating and refining it so that it can go on autopilot. So right now, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I am in the depths of creating huge amounts of content on my social media. And I am personally doing all of it. I'm making all of the videos. I'm cutting them together. We're making all the carousel posts on Canva, like all of it. Like I'm doing 98% of that myself, except for the video editing, right? So I'm doing all of that myself because I want to know how to do it. And once I know how to do it and what works and what my audience loves and what they want more of and what's actually growing our account, then I will create a process for it. I will systemize it and I will pass it on to my team. But you have to spend the time creating and refining the process so that you can create the process so that you can put it on autopilot. So if your business right now is just posting to Instagram three times a week or less than that, then that's why your business isn't growing, okay? If you want to grow, you need a strategy that has daily activities. Marketing should not be an afterthought in your business. Marketing should be in the forefront. Without marketing, without sales, there is no business. You might be the best at what you do, but if you can't market and if you can't sell it, then ultimately it doesn't matter. Okay? So marketing should not be an afterthought. You should be spending at least 30% of your time on marketing in your business. So at least three to four days per week posting on social media, you should be getting on your stories daily. And I just recommend getting a really simple schedule for this. Like maybe on Mondays, you display client work. Maybe on Fridays, you display client testimonials and wins. Maybe on Wednesdays, you take them behind the scenes on a day in the life of, or you show the behind the scenes of your office or your team. Get something that's repeatable so that once you've done it a few times, you can outsource it to a team member and that can go up without needing you, okay? So three to four days per week posting stories daily. Then you also need to do engagement strategies to nurture your audience and keep yourself top of mind. So if you're not actively interacting with your audience on social media, whether that's TikTok, whether that's Facebook, whether that's LinkedIn, whether that's Instagram, it doesn't matter. You need to be on engaging. Now that might only need to be 10 to 20 minutes per day, but it needs to be focused engagement with the people who are already following you. Only 3% of your audience on average are actually going to see your content, which is insane considering how much time we're spending creating that content. So if only 3% of your audience is seeing it, we need to make sure that the 3% are the ones we want, first of all. Two, we're trying to increase that 3% to say 5, 6, 7%. If 7% of our audience are engaged, at the moment, I think mine is 11% of my audience are engaged. If you think about the volume and the numbers, like the more that the followers go up and if we can keep our engagement rate at that level, that's a huge amount of eyeballs on our stuff. The reason that no one's buying from you, the reason that your business isn't growing is because they're not seeing it enough because you're not engaging with them because you're not actively trying to be in their world. And that could only take 10, 20 minutes a day, just commenting on their stuff, reacting to their stories, spending time in your DMs, starting conversations. That's all it takes, 10 to 20 minutes a day. You should give away a freebie every 12 weeks to build your email list. So some sort of lead magnet, some sort of free downloadable, some sort of free training, a masterclass, a webinar, whatever it is that you can give away, a cheat sheet, a document, an ebook, whatever it is, create something and give it away every 12 weeks to build your email list and then email your list weekly. I've given you five activities there to do. That's three to four times a week posting, stories daily, engagement strategies to 10 to 20 minutes a day, give away a freebie every 12 weeks and email your list weekly. That's it. That's all you have to do to grow your business. And yet most people don't do that. They don't commit to that because they get themselves so busy with client work, they stop marketing 
And then they wonder why in six weeks time, in 12 weeks time, they have no sales and they get desperate and they can't keep consistent cash flow. It's because they don't have a consistent marketing strategy. So if you're struggling with this, please just do those five things. And then last but not least, the fifth reason why your business isn't growing is because you are the bottleneck in your business. So maybe you've got a lot of demand in your business, but if you are not actively finding ways to scale, you're going to choke your own growth. I have been the bottleneck in my business more times than I can count. There have been more conversations with Tim probably than any other conversation, and not just with Tim, with multiple business coaches where they've been like, Steph, you are the problem in your business. You are standing in the way of your growth. You are the problem here. I've had that conversation so many times. And what I've learned personally from it and what I can teach you is that you have to let go to grow. If you're trying to do everything yourself, you are the bottleneck on your own growth. I saw a quote recently that said, if you represent 100% of the workload in your business, then you're probably right in thinking that if I hire somebody, it's not going to be to the same standard. If I hire somebody, it's not going to be as good. If I hire somebody, they can't be me. So it's not going to be the same. And you're probably right. In some ways, they're never going to be 100% you, okay? But they might do it 70 or 80% right. So let's say they do it 70% right. And if you hire two people that do it 70% right, then that's 140%, which is 40% more than what you could do on your own. If you ever want to be able to take holidays, if you ever want to feel supported, if you ever want to stop doing the tasks that you hate and actually grow your business, you need to let go at some point and hire some help. And what I've actually found to be true for me personally is yes, no one is me, but I can train people to be almost as good as me. And in some cases, because of their previous skill sets, in some areas, they are better than me. And so there are so many reasons to hire, and I've done countless podcast episodes on this because I really believe that my greatest resource in my business is my team. But if you want to grow, you've got to let go because right now, if you're doing everything yourself, you are the chokehold on your business. So these are the five main reasons why your business isn't growing. I'd love for you to drop into my DMs and tell me which one of those you are struggling with. I would love to be able to support you. I have so many resources available, so you can drop into my DMs and just ask for them, and I'd be happy to help you for free. Drop into my DMs. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was. But otherwise, thank you so much for joining me again on this Tuesday. I will see you next week. Babe, thank you for tuning into today's episode. It means the absolute world to have you here with me. If you want more, head to the show notes below to check out our latest free resources, along with the exclusive link for podcast listeners to book in a free 15-minute strategy session to find out how you can boom your biz. 